This is your nautical lantern upon the dangerous seas of darkness. Let's push off from the placid shore of the status quo and explore what's beyond the horizon. I am your host, BT, and this is Truth and Shadow, your podcast of the supernatural. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Truth and Shadow Podcast. This is episode two, season one. We are going to cover the captivating world of the Second Temple period of Judaism. We're going to do some takeaways from a book that I've been reading by Alan Siegel called The Two Powers in Heaven. And we're going to discuss a little bit about what this period of time is and its impact within the Christian world. You see, the Second Temple period was roughly from the 6th century BC to the 1st century CE. It was a time of immense transformation. This was a time when Judaism was in flux. A crucible for new ideas, mystical experiences, and profound wisdom. The Second Temple itself was more than a mere structure. It was a symbol of the spirit of the age. It represented a bridge between the ancient wisdom of the First Temple, the emerging ideas that would eventually shape modern Judaism. Now, what's truly fascinating about this period is the emergence of various groups and sects with a wildly different interpretation of Jewish tradition. There were the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes, and Zealots, each with their unique perspectives. But what truly sets this period apart is the rise of mystical and esoteric practices. You had groups like the Essenes who withdrew into the wilderness to seek spiritual enlightenment, and the Merkava mystics, who delved into the deep mysteries of the divine chariot. These mystics believed that by understanding the inner workings of the universe and connecting with the divine, they could attain true wisdom and enlightenment. It's in this quest for divine knowledge that the foundations of modern Jewish mysticism or Kabbalah began to take shape. Let's talk about those mysterious texts. The Book of Enoch, for instance is a captivating piece of literature from this period. It takes us on a journey through realms, angels, and cosmic secrets, providing insights into the complex relationships between humanity and the divine. Then there's the Sefer Yetzirah, or the Book of Creation. This text explores the creation of the world and the divine language used by God, shedding light on the interconnectedness of all things. These texts and practices have had a profound influence on modern occultism, from the Western esoteric tradition to the New Age movements. The concept of connecting with higher realms, deciphering hidden knowledge, and the pursuit of spiritual enlightenment echoes throughout the ages. The modern seeker, just like those mystics of the Second Temple period, is on a quest for deeper understanding. We are all, in our own way, trying to unravel the mysteries of existence, to transcend the limitations of ordinary perception, and to connect with the divine in whatever form that may take. In the end, the Second Temple period isn't just a historical chapter. It's a mirror reflecting our timeless fascination with the mystical, the magical, and the transcendental. It's a reminder that the human spirit has always sought to touch the infinite, to explore the unknown, and to understand our place in this vast universe. And so, as we contemplate the echoes of the Second Temple period in our modern lives, let us remember the pursuit of wisdom 
and the quest for the divine are threads that connect us to humanity's ancient past and guide us towards an ever-enigmatic future. And on that note, let's explore the profound concept of the two powers in heaven and the division within the divine realms. In ancient Jewish mysticism, this idea is a fascinating exploration of duality, complex nature of divinity. The notion of the two powers speaks to the inherent duality that seems to be woven into the very fabric of existence. It's the yin and yang, the light and the dark, uh, creation and destruction, all within the divine realms. In this concept, we encounter two distinct and sometimes conflicting aspects of the divine, the power of strict justice and the power of boundless compassion. One is like a stern judge delivering exacting justice, while the other is a living, loving, and forgiving presence. It's a reflection of the human experience. We often grapple with the tension between justice and mercy. We face moments where we yearn for strict judgment and moments when we crave compassion and forgiveness. It's this very tension that shapes our understanding of the divine. Now let us delve into the heart of this division within the divine in many ways. It mirrors the dual nature of existence itself. We live in a world of contrasts, where we experience joy and sorrow, light and dark, life and death. It's the same with the divine. The power of strict justice represents the uncompromising laws of the universe. It's the principle that ensures order and structure. It's the force that holds everything in its place. And it's a reminder that our actions have consequences. On the other side, the power of boundless compassion represents the infinite capacity of the divine to forgive, to nurture, to heal. It's the gentle hand that guides us through our darkest moments, offering solace and understanding. But what's crucial to understand is that these two powers are not truly in opposition. Two sides of the same coin, each essential for the balance. In their interaction, we find the divine dance of life and existence. So as we contemplate the two powers in heaven, it's an invitation to explore the duality within ourselves. Can we embrace both the stern judge and the compassionate friend within us? Can we acknowledge the intricacies of our own nature and the complex interplay of good and evil? In doing so, we may come to understand that the division within the divine realms is not a separation, but a reflection of the rich tapestry of existence itself. It's a reminder that, like the divine, we too possess the capacity for both justice and compassion. In this understanding, we may not find division, but a profound unity within our very essence and existence. Now, the, the Second Temple period is named after the Second Temple in Jerusalem was marked by a series of historical events, including the return of the Jewish people from Babylon, the construction of the Second Temple, and the emergence of influential Jewish sects. This period was a crucible of intellectual and religious development, and one of the most remarkable aspects of this transformation was the interaction between Greek philosophy and Jewish thought. To truly appreciate the impact of Greek philosophy on the Second Temple period, we must first acknowledge the historical context in which the interactions took place. Alexander the Great's conquest of the Persian Empire in the 4th century BC inaugurated the Hellenistic era, characterized by the spread of Greek culture throughout the known world. 
This Hellenistic diffusion was no exception when it came to the Jewish community in the Eastern Mediterranean. One of the key facets of Greek philosophy that permeated this period was the profound exploration of reason and rationality. Greek philosophers like Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle were pioneers in their pursuit of understanding the world through reason and dialectic. This intellectual climate was akin to to the Jewish penchant for theological inquiry and legal exegesis, which had its roots in the Torah and the Talmud. One of the earliest and most significant interactions between Jewish thought and Second Temple Judaism occurred with the translation of the Hebrew Bible into Greek. It's known as the Septuagint. Legend has it that 70 or 72 Jewish scholars were tasked with translating the Hebrew scriptures into Greek, thus producing a pivotal work that allowed Greek-speaking Jews and non-Jews alike to access and engage with Jewish religious texts. The Septuagint served as a bridge connecting Jewish thought with Greek philosophical concepts, especially in the areas of ethics and metaphysics. A noteworthy Greek philosophical school that left a substantial mark on the Second Temple period was called Stoicism. Stoic philosophy, founded by Zeno of Citium, emphasized rationality, self-control, and virtue as the path to enlightenment or a flourishing life. These Stoic ideals resonated with certain aspects of Jewish thought, particularly in ethical considerations. The Jewish Hellenistic philosopher Philo of Alexander Philo was born around 20 BC and was a prominent figure in this dialogue between Greek philosophy and Jewish thought. Philo's works merged Platonic, Aristotelian, and Stoic ideas with Jewish thought and mysticism. He sought to harmonize Greek philosophy with monotheistic beliefs of Judaism, bridging this gap that existed between Hellenistic and Jewish thought. Now, Philo's concepts of logos, the divine word or reason, bear a remarkable resemblance to the Gospel of John's portrayal of Jesus as the word of God, showcasing the profound influence of Greek philosophy on early Christian theology. This influence persisted throughout the development of Christian thought and doctrine. However, the Greek impact on Second Temple Judaism extended beyond philosophical and theological realms, the political and cultural dynamics of the Hellenistic world played a significant role. The rise of Greek city-states and establishment of gymnasiums as centers of education and philosophical discussion created a fertile environment for intellectual exchange. It is within this broader context that we find the emergence of the Jewish synagogue as a place of assembly and learning. Synagogues were not only sites of religious worship, but also forums for the study and interpretation of the Torah, where the rabbinic tradition, characterized by dialectical reasoning and scholarly discourse, was nurtured. One cannot discuss the influence of Greek philosophy on the Second Temple period without addressing the Jewish diaspora communities that arose as a result of Alexander's conquests and the ensuing Hellenistic area, Jews living in the diaspora found themselves immersed in Greek culture and philosophy, and their experiences contributed to the fusion of ideas, 
Jewish philosopher and historian Flavius Josephus, born in Jerusalem in 37 AD, provides invaluable insights into the impact of Greek philosophy on Second Temple Judaism. In his works, particularly against Apion and Jewish antiquities, reveal the extent of Jewish engagement with Greek thought, as well as the desire to demonstrate the antiquity and wisdom of Jewish traditions to the Greco-Roman world. One of the most notable arenas where the intersection of Greek philosophy and Jewish thought becomes apparent is in the Jewish mystical and esoteric traditions of the period. We find a rich tapestry of mysticism, which drew from both Greek philosophical concepts and Jewish religious symbolism. A significant example is the emergence of uh, Jewish apocalyptic literature. Apocalyptic texts, such as the Book of Enoch and the Book of Daniel, reveal a deep engagement with Greek ideas, especially in their use of visionary language and metaphysical symbolism. These texts often describe heavenly journeys, divine encounters, and complex cosmologies reminiscent of Greek philosophical cosmogenies. The concept of angels in Jewish mysticism during this period was also influenced by Greek thought. Angels were often depicted as intermediaries between the divine and the human, a notion that mirrors Platonic ideas of intermediaries between the transcendent world of forms and the material world. This parallels between angels and Platonic intermediaries reveals the syncretism of Greek and Jewish thought. Now, while these interactions between Greek philosophy and the Second Temple Judaism had profound effects, it's essential to acknowledge that the that they were not without controversy. The rabbis of the time, the precursors to the later rabbinic tradition, quite often weary of Greek philosophy. These rabbis sought to preserve the integrity of Jewish monotheism and traditional religious practices. The Jewish revolt against the Seleucids, the Seleucid Empire in 167 BC with the desecration of the Second Temple in the period we call the Maccabean Revolt was a manifestation of this, this resistance to Hellenistic influence. I consider the Maccabean Revolt, the Mac books of First and Second Maccabees as Second Temple literature and texts. We find them in our Catholic Bibles and I'll give you a little bit of background on this. This was a revolt led by this guy named Judah Maccabee, and he aimed to restore the Jewish religious practices and defend the purity of, of monotheistic worship. This conflict between Hellenistic and Jewish traditions is encapsulated in the story of Hanukkah, which commemorates the re rededication of the Second Temple. And Hanukkah is a eight-day feast within, within Judaism and within the schools of Judaic thought and practice and their religion. And Hanukkah itself and the lighting of candles is all things that represent this period of time and this return to, re return to the rededication of the Second Temple and the reestablishment of Jewish practices and to depart from this Hellenistic influence. And so this is a conflict between the Hellenistic and Jewish traditions. So this historical episode underscores the, the tension 
between the, the embrace of Greek culture and the preservation of Jewish religious identity. It's also worth noting that, that not all Greek philosophical ideas were readily integrated into Jewish thought. For instance, the Greek notion of deification or divinization of human beings was largely incompatible with Jewish monotheism. The Greek idea, the Greek philosophical idea of deification or divinization is found in the, is found in the New Testament writings and especially in the epistle of St. Peter when he talks about becoming one with God. And this is a, a divergent Greek philosophy that further separates the, the Christian community from the Jewish community. And the Jewish theologians and scholars grappled with how to reconcile these differing theological uh, perspectives. Moreover, there were certain aspects of Greek culture, particularly those related to the gymnasium and the athletic contests that conflicted with Jewish religious practices and led to tension between the, the two traditions being this Hellenistic view and the Jewish view. And as we continue this, we're going we're gonna to see how this idea of the gymnasium or the athletic centers, the symbolism that Paul teases out in Corinthians. However, the interaction between Greek philosophy and Second Temple Judaism should not be viewed solely through the lens of conflict or assimilation. Rather, they represent a complex and multifaceted exchange of ideas, values, and cultural elements. One of, enduring legacy, one of the enduring legacies of this period is the synthesis of Greek and Jewish thought, which influenced subsequent religious traditions and intellectual movements. This synthesis played a pivotal role in the emergence of early Christian theology, particularly the writings of Paul the Apostle, who blended elements of Greek philosophy with Jewish messianic beliefs. The Greek philosophical emphasis on reason and rationality also contributed to the development of Jewish philosophy, which flourished in the medieval period. Uh, figures like Memonides, known for his Guide of the Perplexed, sought to harmonize Aristotelian thought with Jewish theology demonstrating the lasting impact on Greek philosophy on Jewish intellectual traditions. The intersection of Greek philosophy and Second Temple Judaism was transformative, was a very transformative period in the history of religious thought. It's marked by this dynamic exchange of ideas, the translation of sacred texts, and the emergence of syncretic philosophical and theological concepts. This intellectual engagement influenced not only the Second Temple Judaism, but laid the groundwork for the development of early Christian theology and subsequent Jewish philosophy. The impact of Greek philosophy on the Second Temple reminds us of the enduring interplay between cultures and ideas and the profound capacity of human thought to adapt, synthesize, and evolve. And it's important to reflect on this historical convergence because it in underscores it underscores the intricate nature of intellectual and religious traditions and the ways in which diverse ideas can shape and enrich one another. The dialogue between Greek philosophy and Second Temple Judaism serves as a treatment to the enduring quest for wisdom and understanding that continues to shape our intellectual and spiritual journeys to this day. Next, I want to embark on the journey of of interplay between Second Temple Judaism, Greek philosophy, and how a spe specific focus, with a specific focus on how Greek philosophical ideas influence the conception and understanding of angelic beings with uh, Jewish thought. 
One of the remarkable features of this period was the continuous evolution of Jewish thought. It was during this Second Temple period that a rich body of Jewish literature was produced, including texts that now are regarded as part of the Apocrypha and Pseudopigrapha. Uh, these writings, in conjunction with the Hebrew Bible, provide invaluable insights into the evolving beliefs and theological explanations of the Jewish people. Let's turn our attention now to the Greek philosophy, which was making its presence felt in the Eastern Mediterranean during this period. One of the significant facets of Greek philosophy that found its way into Jewish thought was the exploration of, of a celestial hierarchy, the metaphysical realms, and the nature of intermediary beings. Greek philosophers such as Plato and his followers posited the existence of, of entities uh, between the material world and the divine realm, commonly known as the daemon. These beings were often associated with celestial spheres and were believed to play a role in the order and governance of the cosmos. In short, you had a being that was responsible for the movement of the planets or a being that was responsible for the movement of Mars, a being responsible for the movement of Saturn, etc., of any of the planetes in the outer space regions. The influence of Greek ideas regarding these beings, often referred to as demiurges or intermediaries, daemon, resonated with certain aspects of Jewish religious thought. Jewish angelology at the time, which had its roots in the Hebrew Bible, began to undergo an evolution during the Second Temple period. Angelic beings in Jewish tradition were originally conceived as messengers of God, fulfilling roles such as delivering divine messages, protecting individuals, and carrying out God's will. They were often described as anthropomorphic in anthropomorphic terms, appearing as human-like figures with divine attributes. However, under the influence of Greek philosophical concepts, Jewish angelology began to expand and adapt. The notion of a celestial hierarchy, which mirrored the Greek idea of a hierarchical order of beings, became more prominent in Jewish thought. The Jewish Enochic literature, including the Book of Enoch and related texts, played a significant role in the development of this angelology. These texts introduced the concept of a complex hierarchy of angel beings, often arranged in ascending orders, each with specific roles and attributes. The influence of Platonic and Stoic ideas on Jewish angelology is evident in the depiction of angels as celestial beings, responsible for governing various aspects of the cosmos. Some Jewish texts began to describe angels as celestial scribes, responsible for recording the deeds of individuals, much like the, cos the concept of cosmic record-keeping in Greek philosophy. The interaction between Greek philosophy and Jewish thought also led to a exploration of the relationship between the divine and intermediary beings. Greek philosophy has often posited the existence of a distant and transcendent divine realm, while Jewish thought maintained the monotheistic belief in a single omnipotent God. In response to these tensions, Jewish scholars and theologians began to explore the nature of angels as divine messengers and servants who carried out the will of one God. They were not independent divine beings, but rather extensions of God's will and instruments for his divine providence. This nuanced understanding of angels as intermediaries in the divine plan became a crucial aspect of Jewish angelology. 
It emphasized the unity and supremacy of the one God while acknowledging the role of angels in the divine order. The merging of Greek philosophical concepts with Jewish angiology also influenced the perception of angels as bearers of the divine wisdom. This is particularly evident in the Book of Enoch, which describes angels as beings who reveal secret knowledge and mysteries to humans. This theme of angelic wisdom aligns with the Greek notion of philosophies and pursuant wisdom and enlightenment. The growing emphasis. There was a growing emphasis on angelic wisdom and knowledge as a means of spiritual enlightenment mirrored this philosophical quest for wisdom and was prominent in Greek philosophical schools. Jewish angelology incorporated the idea that angelic beings were mediators of the divine knowledge, connecting humans with two higher realms of understanding. Additionally, the Greek concept of celestial spheres, each associated with specific attributes and influences, found its counterpart in Jewish angelology. Some Jewish texts depicted angels as being beings associated with these celestial spheres, embodying the influences of the heavenly bodies of the material world. This connection between angels and celestial influences reinforced the role of angels in the governance of the cosmos. The syncretism, the syncretism of Greek and Jewish thought is further exemplified in the mystical and visionary literature of the Second Temple period. Jewish mystical texts such as the Merkabah, the Divine Chariot literature, and the Hekalut, Palaces literature, depicted otherworldly journeys and encounters with angelic beings. These experiences mirrored the mystical journeys of Greek philosophers and the pursuit of spiritual enlightenment. One of the intriguing aspects of these visionary experiences was the notion of ascending th through the celestial realms, encountering angels and divine mysteries along the way. These accounts provided a bridge between the Greek philosophical pursuit of transcendent knowledge and Jewish mystical experiences, which involved ascending through heavenly realms to gain insight into the divine mysteries. The interaction between Greek philosophy and Jewish angelology were not without tensions and challenges. Some Jewish scholars were wary of syncretic influences, fearing that they might undermine the purity of Jewish monotheism. The role of angels in their relationship to the divine remained a subject of theological debate within Jewish thought. Moreover, the concepts of divine intermediaries and angelic beings in Greek philosophy differed from the Jewish monotheistic belief in a single transcendent God. This tension between monotheism and intermediary beings would continue to be a topic of theological discussion in the centuries that followed. Basically, the interactions between Greek philosophy and Jewish angelology during the Second Temple period reveal a fascinating confluence of ideas and theological developments. Greek philosophical concepts concerning intermediary beings, celestial hierarchies, and the pursuit of wisdom left an indelible mark on Jewish thought. This fusion of ideas not only enriched the understanding of angelic beings within Jewish thought, but also contributed to the development of Jewish mysticism and visionary literature. The influence of Greek philosophy on Jewish angelology underscores the dynamic nature of religious thought and the capacity of different cultural and intellectual traditions to shape and inspire one another. As we reflect on the interplay between Greek philosophy and Jewish angelology during the Second Temple period, we are reminded of the enduring quest for understanding the mysteries of the divine and the ongoing dialogue between diverse traditions and perspectives. 
These interactions continue to shape our appreciation of the complexities and profundities of religious thought and intellectual exploration. The last point that I wanted to draw out was the relationship between Alan Siegel's book, The Two Powers in Heaven, and how it relates to Jesus or the early Christian beliefs as it relates to Jesus. And I find that Siegel's book revolves around an intriguing concept of this two powers in heaven. And it's an interesting concept in ancient Jewish thought, as we talked about earlier. And to summarize, it suggests the existence of two distinct divine entities or powers within the Godhead. It emerges from interpretations of specific Old Testament passages and related Jewish literature. The two powers implies that the unity of God might be more complex than a simple monotheistic understanding. This was a radical concept in Jewish thought and had far-reaching theological implications. We find that Siegel's work meticulously traces the presence of the two powers in heaven concept in various Jewish texts and the intertestamental literature, notably the Enochic literature, that would be the Book of Enoch, including the similitudes of Enoch and the Hekulot literature provided rich resources for exploring this idea. Within these texts, divine figures are depicted as possessing attributes of divinity and occupying unique roles within the heavenly hierarchy. While not entirely separate from the God of Israel, they stand distinct divine entities. One of the most intriguing aspects to me in Siegel's work is the bridge he constructs between the two powers in heaven and early Christian views on Jesus. Early Christians emerged from the Jewish milieu, and they inherited this theological landscape, mainly the Jewish Hellenistic interwoven philosophies that were going on at the time. And this landscape significantly impacts their understanding of Jesus. The early Christian community grappled with the challenge of how to conceptualize Jesus' divinity within a monotheistic framework. And they had to address the question of whether Jesus could be considered divine without compromising their deeply ingrained monotheistic beliefs. So in The Two Powers in Heaven, here, Siegel argues that the two powers concept was instrumental in shaping early Christian thinking about Jesus. It provided a framework for interpreting Jesus' as a divine figure within the Godhead, distinct from the Father, but still consistent with monotheism. Numerous passages in the New Testament reflect the influence of the two powers concept on early Christian thought. For instance, the Gospel of John, Jesus is presented as the Word of God, the Logos, who was both with God and was God signifying a divine pre-existence. The Pauline epistles contain references to Jesus as the image of God and the one whom the fullness of deity dwells. These passages suggest that early Christians drew from their the Jewish theological background to articulate their understanding of Jesus as divine. The interplay between these thoughts gave rise to early Christological controversies, theological discussions about the nature of Jesus within the Godhead, sparked debates and led to the formulation of creeds, the creedal formula. The Nicene Creed, for example, sought to clarify the relationship between the Father and the Son while maintaining the oneness of God. It articulated a theological position that affirmed Jesus as divine. Now this influence of the theory of two powers in heaven can be traced through the evolution of early Christian theology. As Christian thought developed, it moved toward a Trinitarian understanding wherein the Father, Son, Holy Spirit were recognized as distinct but co-equal persons. 
within the Godhead. This development was marked by a theological journey as early Christians wrestled with the divinity of Jesus while seeking to preserve monotheism. Now, this is a second part in our conversation and discussion within this particular idea. We're going to further explore these two powers ideas. The two powers concept played a pivotal role in shaping early Christology. Christology is the branch of theology which is concerned with the nature and identity of Jesus Christ. Early Christians, when considering the divine nature of Jesus, found in the two powers theory a framework that allowed them to conceptualize Jesus as a divine figure while maintaining monotheism. This framework provided theological legitimacy for ascribing divine attributes to Jesus, such as the pre-existence and participation in the divine nature. Debates centered around the exact nature of Jesus' divinity and his relationship with the Father, and how to balance these beliefs with strict monotheism ignited large debates within the communities. And so we speak about the formulation of creeds. The Nicene Creed, formulated at the First Council of Nicaea in 325, was itself a significant milestone in early Christian theology. Additionally, the Trinity is a fundamental doctrine of Christianity, stating that there is one God and three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The idea of distinct persons within the Godhead coexisting and sharing in the divine nature was deeply influenced by the two powers in heaven framework. Now, the adoption of a theology that included both the Father and the Son as divine beings had profound implications for the identity of early Christians. It marked a significant departure from normative Jewish monotheism and set early Christians apart as a distinct religious group. Their beliefs about Jesus as a divine played a central role in defining their faith. Alan Siegel's work, The Two Powers in Heaven, is a pivotal text that uncovers the connections between early Jewish theological ideas and the development of early Christian beliefs about Jesus. The two powers concept played a critical role in shaping early Christian Christology, sparking theological controversies, and ultimately contributing to the development of Trinitarian theology. The theological journey from two powers to the Nicene Creed and the doctrine of the Trinity marked a defining period in the early Christian community's understanding of Jesus. This complex interplay between Jewish and Christian thought remains a fascinating subject for both historical and theological inquiry. This is the last thing that I actually want to say concerning this entire episode dealing with the two powers in heaven, Alan Siegel's book, and my own personal journey. I want to basically compare how the Second Temple text, the Second Temple Jewish texts, that came around and came available through time, and the theories and ideas directly impacted the type of mysticism that I believed in and practiced within the occult world. I'm going to talk briefly about a field of study known as Hermeticism, and I'll talk about how the Second Temple literature impacted Hermeticism and speak briefly on the application of my own personal journey. Once again, I remind the audience that the Second Temple period extended from right around 600 BC to 180. This is that time when people are coming back from the Babylonian exile, etc. The core of Second Temple literature in Judaism is the Hebrew Bible. And we spoke earlier that in the 300 BCs, it was translated from Hebrew into Greek by some scholars, which means that it was widely available to anybody who had thought or anyone that wanted to approach the topic in a philosophical or theological debate style. 
through the synagogue system or the gymnasium system of the Greeks. In addition to the Hebrew Bible, which we technically call the Torah, the first five books of Moses, and then the writings and the prophets, history, Psalms, etc. Things that were important to the at this time were books like the Book of Enoch, the Book of Jubilees, the Wisdom of Solomon, and a couple others that are listed as deuterocanonical or uh, pseudepigraphical. One of the most prominent features of the Second Temple literature was apocalyptic thought. We talked about the book of Daniel, we talked about the book of Enoch, and the ideas that they're really dealing with the end of the world, kind of like uh, the book of Revelations for the New Testament. But Second Temple literature also contained mystical elements, including the use of divine names, numerology, and techniques for ascending into the higher realms. These mystical traditions contributed to the mystical and magical aspects of Hermeticism. Some listeners may be familiar with the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. This is pretty much where they're drawing a lot of the information from. The Second Temple period saw the development of angelology, the study of angels. These celestial beings are believed to be intermediaries between the divine and the human realms. And Hermetic traditions also incorporated the concept of angelic communication, which played a pivotal role in magical practices. Alphonse Louis Constant, also known as Eliphas Levi, wrote pretty in-depth about a holy guardian angel, and Aleister Crowley himself had practiced a ritual designed to get one in communication with their personal holy guardian angel. The Hermetic tradition, which originated in the Hellenistic and Roman periods, drew from diverse ranges of influences, including Greek philosophy, Egyptian religious thought, and Jewish mysticism. It uh, synthesized these influences into a unique system of thought and practice. Central to the Hermetic tradition are a set of texts known as the Corpus Hermeticum. These texts, attributed to the legendary figure Hermes Trismiscus, expounded on topics such as the divine knowledge, uh, theurgy, and spiritual transformation. Hermetic magic encompasses a variety of practices aimed at achieving spiritual enlightenment and communion with the divine. These practices include things like alchemy, uh, astrology, theurgy, and ritual magic. The apocalyptic themes found in Second Temple literature, such as visions of heavenly realms and the interaction of angels and humanity, were assimilated into Hermeticism. Hermeticists embraced the idea of ascending through celestial spheres and communing with angelic beings to gain wisdom and insight. You know, the mystical elements present in Second Temple literature, including those of the divine names and numerology, resonated with the Hermeticists. They adopted these techniques for meditation and spiritual ascent, seeing them as a means to attain gnosis or uh, divine knowledge. Hermetic magic incorporated angiology and, and thergy, the practice of rituals to invoke and communicate with divine beings. Uh, Hermeticists uh, believe that by establishing contact with celestial intelligences, they could attain spiritual illumination and power. And Hermeticism, influenced by Second Temple literature and a diverse array of traditions, significantly shaped Western esotericism. 
became a cornerstone of Western occultism, contributing to the development of magical practices, alchemical traditions, the study of the mystic, and the symbolic. The ideas and practices that emerged in the Hermetic tradition continue to influence contemporary Western esotericism and modern magical systems. Hermetic principles are embraced by a wide range of esoteric and mystical traditions. The profound influence of Second Temple literature on hermetic magic is a testimony to the enduring power of ancient mystical and philosophical ideas. As hermeticism continues to shape the landscape of Western esotericism, the rich heritage of Second Temple literature remains a significant source of inspiration to those who seek to explore the mysteries of the cosmos and the divine. Thank you for listening. This is a free podcast and is based upon the value for value model. If you find value in this or any episode, you can return that value by liking the show, leaving a review, sharing with a friend on your social medias. You can also donate on my website. Thank you again. This is BT for Truth and Shadow Podcast. You are the light and the darkness.